0: everyone this is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish.
1: Our intention is to create a cozy space to share our thoughts on the books we've read, the books we're currently reading, the books we're excited to read,
0: and at the end of the day simply share our love for books. Hello. Hello.
1: I feel like it's redundant for us to say we're excited about this topic, because we've said that for the last eight episodes.
0: We're always really excited, otherwise we wouldn't be recording it. But yeah, today's episode... Controversial Authors.
1: Yes. When we were brainstorming, we came up with a lot of taboo topics, controversial topics, and at first we didn't really think (laughs) there was a lot to talk about, Um, but there, in fact, is a lot. So we're kind of hoping to do a series. Today's gonna to focus on authors, but hopefully, and also maybe unfortunately, there's some more
0: controversial topics to talk about down the line. Yeah, some some juicy goss to get into about the you know literary going-ons.
1: <laughs> a little bit of a tea session, you know.
0: Yeah, lots of tea uh, will be spilled.
1: I I don't know if this could put a target for lack of better words on our back, but As we said, this is, we're covering controversial authors.
0: And we are not holding back Mm -hmm. on our own opinions. Yeah, let's dive in. All right, before we dive in, shall we talk about our current reads? Yes. Uh, Do you want to go? Sure. So I started reading The Maidens by Alex Michelides. I just got that.
1: From Did the you bookstore?
0: Yes. Oh my god, that's a, have you read the Silent Patient? Yes, that's yeah. why I got it. Yeah, 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 exact same. So I read the Silent Patient like probably close to when it first came out a couple years ago, and I really liked it. Um, great plot twist, very chilling, great thriller. And once The Maiden came out a while ago as well, I really wanted to read it, and I just kept putting it off because I had so many other books to read. So I've been wanting to read it, and so I got it on my Kindle. And I'm really enjoying it. It's very dark academia vibes, which I love. It takes place mostly in Cambridge, which, you know, I've never actually been there. But Cambridge is the best place ever. Yeah. So it's like a really fun setting. And I think if I I could be wrong, Um, I don't have the physical book, unfortunately, so I can't see the author bio, but I'm pretty sure the author went to Cambridge. So I think his descriptions are very specific and accurate, which Mm -hmm. is really nice. And so that's a really fun perspective for me, and yeah, it, it's the the plot is thickening. Um, it's very intriguing as always. So yeah, I'm I'm ripping through it, and I'm excited to see what happens at the end. I am now very excited. Um, yes, <laughs> I yeah read Silent Patient last year on my
1: way over Christmas for my trip. Loved it. Yeah, gave it to my mom to read. She also loved it. We both happened to have bought the maidens at the same time. While we we're in two different countries. Oh it's like, I had to tell her, get rid of yours. I bought mine secondhand. <laughs> I can't so go back funny. to that
0: store. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, um, you yeah. know, The Silent Patient was actually the author's debut book, mm-hmm. which is wild because it was so incredibly successful. He knows how to write a mystery or a thriller. So yeah, I'm liking it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, reading two books. So the nonfiction one I'm reading is 101 essays that will change the way you think. I saw a lot of quotes and passages across Pinterest and I was like, you know what, let's read it. I've been trying to get into, I've been in the vibes of reading stuff about manifesting positive energy. You know, I'm trying I love to, that. Try to make space for abundance, you know, try to get different perspectives in life. I will say I'm reading this with a grain of salt because it is the author's I think her personal opinion on
0: is it actually just one author, and not
1: a collection. It's it's just one author, and it's literally 101 oh. essays by her. So, I mean, you could write 101 essays, quite frankly, on different things that you think could change someone's life, um, oh, it or definitely change could. the way they think, right? And I think that's what. It- that's quite frankly what I think it is. So I am reading it with a grain of salt, but yeah, interesting so far. The fantasy book I am reading is only a monster. It is by a PC author, and I have a special edition of the book where she basically writes a letter to us readers saying, when she grew up, there was not a lot of <laughs> there is not a lot of um, fantasy characters that looked like her, and so that's why she wrote this book where. You know, she could have a character that did, and I mean, this this goes back to what we were saying in our POC representation episode of like how important it is to have characters that look like you in books. Anyway, this oh, book though, nice. I I'm enjoying it so far. I do recommend. It is YA, so I mean, our character is sixteen, so there's a good ten year difference between the <laughs> two of us. But basically, <laughs> I, I just recommend it to people. She's. She thinks her family is super eccentric, but no they're actually monsters and huh. so it's got enemies to lovers, but I think times two because there's maybe a love triangle. <laughs> times and two. exactly, and because she's basically trying to battle this guy who she had a crush on before she found out he was a monster slayer. So that was some sort of love connection. But she escaped this battle and massacre with this other monster guy. Ooh. And this is a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet situation because oh, their families so hate each other. One's a
0: monster slayer, one's a monster. Oh, collapsing. Exactly. Ooh.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Fun. All right, let's hop into this uh, topic for today. Um, that controversial author. It's all right. We should probably say where our evidence, for lack of a better word, has come from.
0: Oh, okay. Um, like it's not it's not out of our head. Okay, or so we've butt. done. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of it is our opinion, but it, we've done some research as well. Yeah,
1: internet-based research. Yeah, I'll be honest. TikTok has made us aware to certain
0: controversies that has led us to do our research. Yeah, um, or just some, yeah, some Google Google searches, basically. It's our opinions, but also reinforced with some research that we've done that's internet based. But these are just thoughts. Yeah.
1: And I don't know if I want to say this now. I think
0: readers just make controversies for the sake of it. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, some of these articles, I was like, "Mm, the person writing this has a stick very far up their ass. Thank you for saying that (laughs) because I was thinking that.
1: But the one note I did want to say before we start in is reiterate that our thoughts are our own. We are in no way speaking for other communities or other people. Please take that and fully understand that to our audience. We do not speak for other groups of people. It's just our opinion and also what we've seen other people have said as our opinion. Let's go into it. We're starting with JK Rowling.
0: Surprise, surprise. People really don't like her. (laughs) <laughs> they don't. I mean, within with good reason. Well, she's just very vocal, I guess, or unnecessarily vocal, I guess, about her transphobia.
1: Yeah. So the reason why she's controversial, folks, is she's transphobic. We do not support that. We are allies. We we wanted to talk about the controversy. Is that controversy? Is that while we don't at all agree or support her transphobia we do think it's possible to separate the art from the artist. And she is a, such a hot topic in the book world where I've seen it on TikTok. And I've seen it all over bookstagram actually, where people will shame you because you post something about Harry Potter. Or yeah. you're, like, you're so nostalgic
0: about Harry Potter. And now that see, that me, that's like too much because I, I've said this before, but if you're going to do that, then you better get ready to stop enjoying anything ever. Mm-hmm. Because everything I'm telling you, computers, iPhones, you know, any the chair that you sit in were all created by people who were probably, you know, probably something was wrong with them in, you know, in some sense of the word. They didn't support what you support or they had their own personal opinions that you don't agree with. So if you are gonna start doing that, you better be ready to take it to all levels. Cause otherwise, what are do you doing? I mean, yes, in certain cases, maybe we can pick and choose who to support and who not to support based on the level of their aggressions. But in a general sense, I mean, I, I do believe in separating the art from the artist. Otherwise, I don't think that we can enjoy anything in this life. We,
1: we wouldn't. I was talking about this with this sales associate at this bookstore about these two books that I was trying to have them buy from me, just saying, you know, a bit problematic, or seeing things that they're problematic. And she's the one who said, everything these days, I think she's referring to book, the book world, is, this, is there's something problematic. Right. You know, like, how, what are you going to do?
0: Not yeah. read stuff? Exactly. And uh, it's the thing, I mean, we'll it, get into it, it with the other th- authors. Everyone has their own opinions. Like you can't stop what these people shouldn't write. Like we all have opinions that people don't agree with, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: The other thing though with, uh, with Jake Rowling is that it's, it is triggering for trans folks. And I can understand that. And say if I'm posting something that it's triggering for you, but for you to tell me to completely stop it, that does not make any sense. For me, Harry Potter was a place of comfort. It is something I grew up with. It has taught me a lot of good things. She's fine, not a great person, but you can't deny she didn't teach you about love and friendship, good versus evil, your st- standard themes in a book.
0: Okay. Yeah, you can't deny that those when books I see were saying,
1: don't, don't. great. They were great, exactly. But also when people say, don't buy her products. Too late for that. She is like the richest author. I think she's number one in the book world. Yeah, she do you think she's the queen of Buying her books is going to suddenly make her poor, right? But also, if I buy one thing, it's not going to make a dent. Sure, if we all suddenly stopped, she's still going to be fine. She's literally going to be fine. It's not going to do anything, right? You could still read her books, enjoy her books, and be an ally.
0: And I think I, what hope I wanted to say People is that, aren't stopped from reading her books because of opinions she's made because she's a public figure. Because the fact do that. is, these have only. Like these comments have come out over, like, in terms of her whole career, these comments have come out more recently, right? Because of public discourse and etc. But people's opinions evolve over time. And when she wrote these books, I mean, transphobia is not, in my opinion, baked into these books in any ways. Who knows if she was even, you know, transphobic necessarily when she wrote those books, and who knows if she will be in a few years' time? We don't know.
1: We don't know. And and, and yes, all we could do is educate her and whatnot, but. My point was, don't shame people for wanting to read Harry Potter because you don't know their own story. Fine, we might not know yours, but you know what? This is where you can educate someone. And if they do, it's still not your place to point a finger and say that they're a bad person. It's not the point of books. It's, you know, to build Absolutely. a community. All right, we're done with her. We gave her an extra minute <laughs> and she needed <laughs> Moving, quite frankly. Up. Yeah, so I, I'm the one who brought her up. Delia Owens. She wrote Where the Codads Sing. Have you read that by and I didn't did you like I it? saw it, you know, everywhere. It's not a bad read. I mean, I'll be honest, it's a romance with a bit of a mystery, murder mystery, in set in the South, I believe. Yeah. Sounds be interesting. Honest. Part of it was a little bit predictable. It was a bit okay. predictable, but it's not bad. But it wasn't until I saw something on TikTok that made me be like, oh, what? And basically, Delia Owens... The story there is her, her family were living in several countries in Africa. I think they're conservationists. And so, you know, trying to protect animals from poachers. That's great. We love that. But there's a lot of uncertainty in the sense that her husband and her stepson are accused of murder of a man. And we don't know if he's a poacher or not. A supposed poacher. But just that they're accused of murder and they fled the country and you know she's standing by them,
0: and yeah. So yeah, and some I, people say that the book is kind of related to certain murderous events.
1: Actually, when you think about it, yeah. Oh my god, she's if you got could an see insider
0: my insider perspective,
1: yeah, audience, if you could see my eyes, it's like full-on psycho open eyes because I'm just making a connection
0: right I now. My is blown. Yes,
1: um, I knew this and I forgot. But, you know, when, when we were just talking about with J.K. Rowling about separating the art from the artist, I'll be honest, I was kind of struggling to do that with Delia Owens,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, you know, it is a learning process, trying to separate the art from the artist, and I will say, transphobia is bad, murder is a different level, but I'm still, I would still recommend Where the Crawdads Sing because it was a good mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. I just, there's just so much vagueness about Delia Owens, not her involvement, but just this whole situation that, you just ponder a lot, yeah. It is like J.K. Rowling. You
0: know her face value. She's yeah. transphobic, right? Right. Like here, you just don't know, and I guess it's you know. I wonder if it's more the fact that she's just that she's just hiding things because I feel like people hate mm-hmm. it more when they think people are hiding things. And the thing is, I mean, you have to think that, like, I mean, look, she's not the only public figure with a sketchy past, even. In the book world, I'm sure. Yeah. People, you know, there's uh, many people I mean, out there.
1: We we saw a huge list of problematic authors with like sexual assault cases against them or accusations. Right. So, we
0: which is there's
1: an abundance exactly.
0: And to have a sexual ac- assault case directly against you, I think. I mean, to me, that's worse than being an accessory to mm-hmm. a supposed murder. I think <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting though, because again, it's like nothing was ever proved. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it's also the fact that, I mean, this was decades, like three decades ago in Zambia. Yeah. I'm sure not enough investigation went on into it in the first place. I think it's interesting to be aware Mm -hmm. of this, but yeah, that, that wouldn't really impact the book. If anything, I'd be like, Oh, I want to read it because I feel like she wrote about what happened. There there was,
1: there was some controversy because Taylor Swift is doing the music for the movie. Reese Witherspoon is doing production for the movie. And I think they've both kind of ignored lines of questioning, right. which fair enough, Yeah. That's but it, it, does, it does give you something to ponder about, you know, that did he do it? Did she
0: know about it? You know, yeah. um, a lot of curiosity right there, but yeah, and we will never know the full story, I guess. Um... But yeah,
1: that, that just goes to show that it is hard. I can understand the struggle to separate the art from the artist but you just need to think it through. Or I thought it through. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I thought it through. And, you know, I talked about it with Julia who helped me be like, no, murder is bad. The fact that we have to say that.
0: (laughs) But the same Um, thing is, again, reading the works of certain psychotherapists. It's like maybe, you know, they're controversial people. And even though their opinions are very famous, you can recognize, as we've said, reading things with a grain of salt. Like I'm gonna read this with a grain of salt but still interesting to understand this perspective it's still like spotting mm-hmm. your horizons because the moment you decide to not do I, I don't know it's I just never want my perspective to be narrowed essentially mm-hmm. so yeah I'd still read it yeah I mean not me also selling that to a secondhand
1: bookstore <laughs> <laughs> me being really rash but look it it, like, it I was a have good it read my anymore <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I did act like that. Um, <laughs> really? I will say, though. Um, a murderer <laughs> in my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is this. It is a good story. I don't think it's earth-shattering amazing.
0: Yeah. It's it a good story and I finished yeah. it. <laughs> the thing is, it's interesting because it's only that because we know about this thing that we're yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's, again, other authors that we're just not aware mm-hmm. of some whatever sketchy thing happened in their past and so we're okay reading it and we'll never discount them but the moment something comes out about someone then we have to be like oh you have a different lens on yeah Yeah. but so is that fair because then it's like then you just gotta dig into everyone's past you know i think Mm -hmm. that's something that i always think about i mean not that it's fair to them because i mean they brought this upon themselves clearly but i just think it's interesting it's really luck of the draw to be mm-hmm. honest, Like, what if that was covered up well enough or no, no one found out about it? The next author
1: we want to talk about who is pretty big on book talk is Sarah J. Mass. and did want to preface that I've read Throne of Glass and of the whole series. Julie's read only Throne of Glass right now. Yes. So we can't speak to anything that's been in Crescent City. So we'll always speak to those two books mm-hmm. in terms of controversies in her writing in those two series. Yeah.
0: I feel like apparently the, the two big things are like racism and then anti LGBT. Are those like the two big topics that people are I think those are the about. two big ones, yeah. Okay. Great. So let's get into the racism first.
1: I'll be honest, I saw a lot of things in book talk and I kind of was just thinking, what? I'm very confused. Like uh, I don't relate. Well I think it just I wasn't connecting
0: dots that other people right. mm-hmm. were connecting. Oh, people connect dots out of thin air, let me tell you. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. Um, and so, so yeah, I looked up some stuff, people's articles, read it, you know, discussion boards. So, one of the ones is in terms of racism is that as we get to the second book, the only POC character dies, is killed off. And that is what, I guess, sparks maybe our main female character who happens to be white to want to avenge her death and all that. Yeah. And so a lot of people are up for that. Why did she kill this one POC character off early on? Like, what, what was the point of that? Why did that have to be her? And so Julia and I were talking about it. And one of the things was, well, would these readers, would they have been any less angry if Nehemiah was described as
0: white? yeah because then everyone's white and like sure maybe the other like there could have been POC characters that weren't killed off and were the main main characters but we talked about this in our POC representation episode where it's like I would not expect Sarah J Maas to have written you know the main character Selena as POC and would I have wanted a white author to have done that I mean not necessarily and I also feel like Nehemiah's death wasn't in vain you know, it wasn't just a random death. It was a death that no. meant a lot and a death that really set things off in the whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was an important death. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I guess another thing that they were talking about how so Nehemia is from Elway and everyone in Elway is POC and Elway is one of the countries that has the biggest rebel presence in this kingdom mm-hmm. and so the king essentially squashes the rebellion and ends up mass murdering a lot of people from LA and I think people were also up in arms about how oh why did the majority dark-skinned people from this country have to die like why couldn't it have been I don't know like a like a different country with white people etc cetera, etc cetera. but I think and like yes this isn't great to read about I I would say that I it is frustrating but this is not local to Sarah J mass in a lot of fantasy books, and I can bring this up about George R. R. Martin, too, in Game of Thrones. When you have these made-up lands, you do have this north-south divide, similar to what we see in our world today, there is a North South divide in the North. We mostly see white people in the South. There's mostly dark-skinned people. And historically, Northerners have always thought they were better. The Northerners have this white savior thing going on as well. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities. And so I would say it's not just Sarah J. Mass. And I don't think that she should be taking the brunt of the blame for this. It is more to the fact that both her and George R. R. Martin and most other fantasy writers, which we, you know, we've talked about. Not most, but you know, a lot of them are white and also from this world that we all live in where this is the sad reality at this point in time. And yeah, it's no wonder that they they write like that because it's just what they know. And of course I would love to flip the script, but I wouldn't necessarily fault them. I think we just need more POC writers, as we've talked about.
1: I, I do have more to talk on that, but I'll mention it when we get to George R. R. Martin Love.
0: I'll move on to another point on Sarah J.
1: So, quick point on her: when people say she's anti-LGBTQ, so there's different characters who are bi, gay, lesbian. I'm going to focus on one character specifically. So, an Avatar series,
0: yeah. And I will say, like, there are people, like characters who are bi across both Avatar and Throne of Glass mm-hmm. that I've read, right? So,
1: so I'm going to focus on one character. It's more from the Avatar series and. Spoiler alert, we find out that she's a closeted lesbian. She feels a lot of shame and she tells Feyre that she sleeps with men because she wants to protect herself. And a lot of people are so angry with Sarah J Mass for describing more as like feeling a shame of her sexuality. And my thing is this, the series is not done, it is still ongoing. Like she can overcome are, it. She can overcome it, right? And I'm, this is the way I see it. If you think I'm, what is the word, defending her, I'm just telling you what it is with other books series. The series is not done yet. So sit down and keep reading, okay? Mm-hmm. Wait for the next books to come out. Wait for the series to be done and then bitch about it then, okay? I don't care how blunt I'm being yeah, right I now. also think, she, yeah. Sorry. You know, so, no, no, no. That. I was just going to say, she's setting it up for this character, right? Okay. To try and overcome a hurdle. And let's be real who in their real life? has not felt shame about something That's what in their say. life who's been hiding it yeah. like, like shame it figures out a like way to maybe overcome it or still feel. working on it
0: yeah yeah exactly and I think it is important actually to show characters that feel shame about you know whatever it is that they're working through and then show them working through it because first of all people will feel be able to like relate and feel better because the worst thing to feel when you are already feeling shameful is to feel isolated about that shame but when you can say oh other people feel the same way I do it's okay and they also got over it that I can do that too I think that that is an important thing to, to be able to do
1: yeah just keep reading folks just see where it's yeah. going
0: all righty we're
1: all doll. yeah this th- was an interesting one that I Unex- unexpected for definitely me. I think unexpected just because we have
0: not seen stuff on him I thought he was you know? I mean I just, I loved his books growing up so much. Like, I aspire to write <laughs> the story, like, like similar stories to him. But that said, once I started reading about why people found him controversial, I was like, okay, this is interesting.
1: I had all his books when I was younger. Yeah. My grandmother got rid of all Wait, his books. Wait, what's your favorite I one? I think growing up, it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda.
0: Loved How Matilda. It not be Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> Loved Matilda. I loved the movie, the witch. Oh yeah, loved the movie. Also, the witches. I loved it because it scared me, but I liked it. And that is a good segue into why people hate Roald Dahl, or not hate him, but why they have a problem with him is because he he's a bit. You know the the books have a bit of um. A dark side, and these are these are books written for quite young children, and so they're a bit dark, they're a bit gory. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm making faces and I'm distracting you because if that's the reason, did these people not read Grimm's fairy tales? No, exactly. So, I, like reading about it, one of the authors of an article was saying a lot of kids' books actually do have a dark side, and I think so as well. I think, and people are intrigued by dark things, especially children. But then you know that's just one thing, and apparently another big thing is that there's a lot of maybe like violence that goes on behind the scenes. Like a lot of these little kids who are the main characters of the books live with adults that are, you know, very abusive. I mean, take Matilda, for example, her parents are emotionally abusive. Mrs. Turnbull is physically abusive. And you know, there's some dark things like she puts Matilda in this little closet with spikes in it. I remember that really vividly reading that. And but the thing is, to me, as a child, I always thought that these books taught children how to triumph in a world where adults underestimated them and looked down upon them. But these kids still made it in the end. And I thought that was so important. And I loved that as a kid. Because, you know, in life, you're always going to have people looking down on you and trying to be mean to you. But these books taught you how to, how to overcome that. And so I thought that was totally fine, personally, as a kid. I... <laughs> i think
1: this is one of those aspects where people just like created dots in the air and connected them but when you were saying about oh because it's gory and violent you know what i think these are the same things that people had years ago before we learned about jk rowling's transphobic opinions of people hating harry potter because of the witchcraft that they're like oh this is violent why would we want kids to learn this and it the response again is you taught kids how to triumph love and friendship that you know You're able to overcome. And so I just think it's adults. It's generally adults, I think, picking on things that they do censoring stuff from their kids.
0: Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Which I don't think is great. And we can talk about that in another episode, actually. Like, you know, kids reading about topics that are maybe a bit mature for them and how adults try to can try to censor that. But yeah, I don't necessarily think that's a great thing for adults to do. And I also think that it shows more their prejudice. Like maybe they're uncomfortable with it. But what were you taught growing up? What happened to you growing up would a book like this have taught you how to triumph over something instead of being so scared of it that you don't want your kid to read about it I don't know this is
1: just so funny that we think
0: Roald Dahl was gory if there wasn't this kind of dark side to most stories people just wouldn't be interested I mean as humans let's let's be real we like dark twisted things for whatever reason and I think that kids in everyday life are already exposed to such things and like yeah of course they shouldn't be but I think in these books it's done in a way that is to me empowering and not fear-mongering and I think that's the biggest distinction I think his books brought so much joy to so many children and I I would love my kids to read Roald Dahl and I would love to reread some of his children's books as well because I think that they're hilarious and creative let's go to the last
1: one that we have for today. George R.R. Martin. Julia mentioned a bit about him, but do you wanna do you wanna go more about what you were saying with racism?
0: Yeah, so I guess people are they mention like racism with him too. Or maybe it's not even I think it's not mentioned as much as maybe aggravations against sexual assault like I and we'll get into that cuz I think those are m- maybe bigger issues but for me I just it's a similar thing it's not necessarily racism but it's a similar issue when you have the north which is the, this bastion and it's where the main main characters come from like the saviors and, and in so many books this northern kingdom is always the one that comes out as the winner or is the like the one to save the whole entire continent or whatever and I've always personally found it frustrating but that's again that's me and I just don't know if other people even realize it obviously there's a lot of diversity written in his books because he's written this whole world but if people are going to complain about Sarah J Maas being racist I think the same thing would go for him and even like for example. I mean, I don't want to get into this too much, but like obviously all the white people, all the white kingdoms in his book are very civilized and sophisticated. You have some of the southern countries that are still similar, but then you have the Dothraki, which are a huge tribe and they're very clearly labeled as as barbaric and slow racist, um, honestly. But it's also not unlike reality. Like this is how they would be described in today's world. Um because that's how we feel. By white folks. By, yes. white folks. By white folks. Yes, exactly. So I think the unfortunate case is that writers reflect reality when they write and it, it's systematic and we have we just have to change the system and we can't I, I think we shouldn't necessarily hate on authors, they hate the system.
1: You took my line, what I was gonna say about Barn, where my oh. thing is so many POC characters died. So I'm going I read the first book and I'm gonna go based off the series the T V series, okay. but so many POC characters died. Was there actual uproar for him killing off all of those characters? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. Right? So my thing is this. And you know, some people are like, well, you can't pick and choose. Like, you know what? No. Why are we picking on Sarah J. Maas for killing off a POC character, but we're not bitching about George R. R. Martin for killing off all of these POC characters, POC female characters as well? Right? Like if we if we're all about holding authors accountable, you need to cast that net out wide, but it's not fair to pick and choose. Yeah. And that's at this why point, it looks like you're picking on Sergey mask because she's a woman. I'll be yeah. honest, I'll, I'll yeah. say
0: that. Oh, for sure. And that's why we can't be angry about these things. And that's I mean, not that it would ever naturally occur to me to, you know, pick out those things anyways, but they're writing about huge battles and a lot of people die, and you can't like people are gonna die you know it's a fantasy book deal with it honestly that said there is a lot of violence in his books which I mean even reading them it can be a bit hard to stomach especially when it like the sexual violence that I, I remember that was pretty hard for me to stomach I mean a lot of people did get pretty upset by that which is interesting what do you think about that
1: Again, I can only really speak to the TV show, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, the violence itself, it was just so graphic. I I didn't know that. And I get that's HBO. But I was not prepared for when I started watching it, where I was kind of taken aback. I think what it is, though, in terms of when it's sexual assault, I just don't get it when it's a male author including that in.
0: I think there could have definitely been less sexual assault. It was interesting. So I read this article where George R.R. Martin was defending... All the inclusion of sexual assault by saying that, you know, these books are based on medieval times and those times were really rough for women. And in a sense, yes, they were. But I think other people have said, you know, that's not entirely accurate. Rape was still you know, against the law. I guess it's against the law now. This is also a happening. fantasy. It didn't have to be based off every single right. thing so in So maybe life. in his world, sexual assault happened and, you know, the men didn't get caught. But you know, you know, the reality is though, like even today, like, I mean, everyone say like, yes, it's against the law. Maybe it didn't happen. Let's be real. Things happen, even if they're against the law and rape is still prevalent today. So I think we need to be a little realistic and this should make people aware. Is it sickening to read about? Yeah. So let's, put an end to it in real life.
1: I think that's just a really bad excuse on his end. So I saw a TikTok of this creator calling out the sexual assaults and misogyny in a book that I actually have to read on the shelves called Empire of the Vampire. And I think the authors gave the same excuse, I'm going to be honest, as Martin saying, well, it's based on medieval times? This happened during that time. Mm-hmm. And her take was, well, this is fiction. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Why, why did you take that aspect? Yeah. You know, why is that your reasoning other yeah. than maybe that you just sense. want to include it in? Exactly, yeah. And and I get in, in Game of Thrones, basically, it's an ongoing war. And unfortunately, there sexual assault and rape of, yeah.
0: is... It goes hand in hand, to be, to be honest.
1: ...occurs during war, right? Yeah. That said, oh my God, there's just so much of it. There's a lot.
0: But in, but the more I think about it, you're right. There is a lot. And I think... The big point is that when you're writing a fantasy, you can not include it. You can create a world where even though there is war, maybe there's the violence against women is not there and you don't have to write that in. And it is, it is, there is a lot. (laughs) They're big books. That said, like I I personally thought his books were brilliant. When I was reading it, maybe even though I was put off by all the sexual violence and just violence in general, I think so many books do have so much gore And because there's so much war taking place in this book, I didn't necessarily think about it that much, I will say. I wasn't like, oh, wow, what's wrong with him? And like, maybe I should have had a little more discernment in my mind, but I still stand by the fact that I think those books were brilliant. And I I do think it takes a brilliant mind to have written books like that. Um, And that, again, is circling back to separating the... I mean, I don't know. Is this separating the art from the artist? Does that still hold true in this case? Because we're saying the art is too gory, almost, Right.
1: I mean, I'd say it's a critique. We were criticizing J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter, that she didn't do research into character names when she was building characters, right? We can enjoy those books, but also when you analyze it, we are capable of pointing out flaws in it.
0: It's an interesting thing to be aware of, I think. Yeah. And to, you know, to to bring up, or for authors going forward, to be aware of, like, is it necessary to include this amount of violence, especially against women? Mm-hmm. So I think I think our big takeaways are just that
1: we as individuals try not to shame other people for reading books by certain authors. We all have different journeys when it comes to a book or book series. And we just ask that others have that same respect for other people for whatever they read or whatnot.
0: I would also say don't not read a book because of the author. I would say read the book and form your own opinions about the book and then form an opinion separately of the author. Because I mean, people still read Hitler's- Mein Kampf. Yeah, Manifesto, right? But it's like a learning opportunity. You can't just be like, oh my God, he was a horrible person. I'm like never gonna read any, any of his work. I mean, yes, some people read it for the wrong reasons, but then some people read it to learn from it. And if anything, you can always learn from books and you can make yourself more aware. You can also read books to understand what you don't want or what you do want from a book going forward. I think it just you know helps inform you as a reader and a writer. And I think there's something to said, be said about separating the story itself from the writing, separate from the author, because a story is like a whole world unto its own. And I think it takes on a life of its own. And I think that's so beautiful. And there's something respectable about that when an author can create like a really great story. To our audience, so what are your thoughts on these controversial authors? Are there other authors we
1: didn't mention that are, you know, got a lot of controversy around them? But for now, we shall sign off.
0: All right, thanks for listening as always.
1: Bye. Bye. We want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify.